Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Stone, and this is episode 92 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. And this week's version is titled, Football in February. Uh, and before your mind starts wandering uh, aimlessly and you start wondering just what am I talking about, first of all, no, uh, I haven't been watching the XFL. Uh, I don't touch the stuff. Uh, you know, my uh, withdrawal symptoms, if you will, of life without football uh, are not uh, nearly to that point. Uh, not yet anyway. And I'm kind of kidding there. I, I don't watch it, but that doesn't mean, um, you know, that some people – uh, shouldn't watch it. Uh, people, you know, we have as Americans, we have uh, many of us sports fans have a insatiable appetite for for football. So uh, hopefully, this league will get a lot of eyeballs and uh, give people uh, their fix of, of football throughout the uh, winter and spring months. But this one, uh, my title, football in February. It's not about watching football in February, but rather about betting football in February. And if you followed or or listened to me for any period of time, you know that that specifically means betting college football. That's the sport that I love. I'm not really, uh, you know, the best athletes, uh, football athletes in the world play play, uh, in the NFL it is a high level of play, but that's you know, that's just not where my tastes are. So I'm I'm a college football guy. I love college football. You know, now that we have uh, legalized sports betting in in more than thirty states and a competitive marketplace, uh, especially for those willing to travel, you know, I've often said, only slightly in jest, that guys like me are now able to bet on college football twelve months of the year. And maybe that was a little bit of a stretch, uh, you know, depending on where you live. Maybe you've been able to do that. Maybe you've been able to bet, you know, the national championship game in January and then have college football games of the year as early as February at some level. But most places probably not. Uh, but that certainly changed today in year 2023. And as I record, it's slightly after 7 p.m. Central on Wednesday, February 22nd. But FanDuel, uh, FanDuel operates in 16 states and the Canadian province of Ontario. They, today, or maybe yesterday, but I think today, they unveiled more than 20 college football games of the year for our betting pleasure. Uh, By my count, at least at the uh, FanDuel location in Bossier City, Louisiana, uh, which is uh, just next door to Shreveport, Louisiana, for those of you not familiar with the uh, lay of the Louisiana land, 
there at the Bossier City location, I counted 22 games uh, as games of the year that they listed. You know, high-profile games uh, in their initial offering, the the usual suspects that you would expect, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Texas, Alabama, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, USC, Notre Dame, those types of games. I'm going to release and publicize the four bets that I made at FanDuel today. And I'm going to kind of just, you know, put them here and there throughout the podcast. It's not going to be a particularly long podcast. I know I say that every week, but I think that's going to be the case this week. So without further ado, we're going to go to the, the first selection that I made and in no particular order. Alabama against Texas. Alabama is going to be hosting the Longhorns in Tuscaloosa after narrowly uh, defeating Texas in Austin last year. If you recall, on the last second field goal, Alabama will be hosting the Longhorns again in week two at Bryant-Denny Stadium there in Tuscaloosa. You know, first of all, let's look back at last season. Ask the question, did Alabama – deserve to be in the college football playoff, you know, this past season based on how we know the committee selects the participants, you know, probably not based on how they select the teams, but were they one of the four best teams in college football? And that is resounding. Absolutely. You know, no question about it. They lose at both uh, Tennessee and at LSU I'm a power ratings guy. I'm a handicapper. I'm a sports better. So that's the prism I view these things from. But Alabama, I'll I'll say it again, Alabama's power rating at Tennessee was higher than Tennessee's power rating because you extract the home field advantage of about three, three and a half points. And it was also higher than LSU's power rating, the game in Baton Rouge that they lost. Not saying those teams didn't deserve to win, just pointing out from a betting perspective, from a handicapping perspective, line-making perspective, Alabama graded higher than their opponent in those losses. So you've got an Alabama team, first of all, uh, last year, again, looking back, heavily penalized. Uh, They were undisciplined, uncharacteristically undisciplined. Now they have to replace a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback in uh, Young, they've got to replace both coordinators, their offensive coordinator, uh, Bill O'Brien, and their defensive coordinator, uh, Pete Golding, have both left. Uh, they lose, you know, edge, rush, edge rusher, uh, Supreme, Will Anderson, host of other guys. But they're only favored by eight points on their home field, you know, against a, a Texas team that, you know, no longer, first of all, no longer has – all-America running back Bijan Robinson, and they still have quarterback questions, to be totally fair. Uh, this number of eight, uh, I think, has gone up a little bit now, but that number of eight implied that Alabama is just four and a half points superior to Texas on a neutral field, uh, and I believe the gulf is wider than that between these teams. I took Alabama, laid the eight over Texas in week two. You know, I'm going to go over just, and again, I've I've been traveling all day. It's about a little over 100-mile drive from where I live to to Bossier City. Spent some time over there. Had some other things going on. Um, But I'll kind of just wing it here. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'll pose the question to myself. Was I ready for the openers? Was I ready for uh, the college football games of the year? Um, you, you know, to be uh, to be posted on February 22nd. And the, the answer is is certainly not. You know, I am, first of all, studying college football every day at this point in the calendar at some level. But my main focus on February 22nd at this point in the calendar is the five-month grind that began back on November 7th uh, and ends the first Monday in April in Houston. And that's the grind known as college basketball. So, you know, the majority of my focus is on college basketball. It's in season. So I was caught, you know, maybe a little bit off guard. I'm always studying these teams. I've got a, a, you know, a basic amount of knowledge, probably more than a basic amount of knowledge on on the top, you know, 25 or 35 or so teams. The teams that are going to be mostly highlighted in the games of the year. So I'm kind of always ready. But in reality, uh, certainly not as ready as I would have liked to have been. But uh, here's play number two. And again, these are in no particular order. And this is Alabama hosting SEC rival LSU, again in Tuscaloosa, again favored by eight. Uh, You know, at first glance, um, you know, again, LSU getting eight on the road against Alabama in week nine. Texas getting eight on the road against Alabama in week two. When I look at these rosters, LSU's roster looks a little more amped up than the Longhorns, in my opinion, entering the year. So I'm I'm surprised that these lines were exactly the same. You know, the Bayou Bengals, first of all, uh, if you didn't remember, if you don't remember, or if you uh, never really took note of it, the LSU actually won the SEC West last year, uh, last season, in Brian Kelly's maiden voyage across the nation's toughest conference. And on top of that, they returned certainly one of the nation's top dual-threat quarterbacks uh, in all of college football, Jaden Daniels. Um, But again, Alabama minus eight against LSU. Alabama's going to be a better team. They're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Um, You know, they had obviously – the uh, quarterback, Bryce Young, who won the Heisman Trophy in 2021, the last couple of years, and had quarterback play that was uh, among the very, very best, if not the best in the entire nation. But the quarterback uh, in 2023 is probably either going to be Jalen Milroy, Roy, uh, Milroy, actually Milroy. I need to practice pronouncing that. Uh, he's a guy from Texas, too. I should know how to pronounce his name. But Mill Rowe, uh, who was the backup to uh, Young last year, got in some, started a game actually when uh, Young was out with injury, did not look very comfortable, uh, did not look very prolific or prepared in the passing game, um, you know, looked more athletic than, than a quarterback. But it will either be him or Ty Simpson. Uh, but when they play LSU in week nine, uh, when they roll around to that point in the schedule, whoever the starter is likely would have taken hundreds of snaps and will be much more experienced uh, than they were back in uh, week two when they played Texas. Um, again, fair to point out, Alabama replacing both coordinators. Bill O'Brien uh, left for the New England Patriots, their former offensive coordinator. Tommy Reese comes over from Notre Dame. And then defensive coordinator Pete Golding uh, left uh, Tuscaloosa for Ole Miss, and he'll be replaced by Kevin Steele, 
who was at Miami of Florida last year. So Alabama minus eight over Texas minus eight over LSU. Those are two of my plays uh, in the uh, games of the year that were unveiled again today at FanDuel. And let's talk about, you know, you might be wondering and you probably, you might know, you might not know, but you might be asking yourself, and this isn't a Talking Heads song, but you might ask yourself, what 16 states are FanDuel in? Paul said that they're in Ontario, uh, in Canada. Capital city, I believe, would be Toronto, certainly the most known city. But in any event, in Ontario, but what 16 states does FanDuel operate? Do I have one next door, uh, close by, uh, drivable? The 16 states that FanDuel operates, Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, where I was today, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. They could be pending in some states. If I left somebody out or this is a incomplete list, certainly, uh, you know, I did the best that I could. I think that's accurate. So uh, hopefully, hopefully I got those right. And hopefully one's near you and you might go take a look at uh, what they have to offer. And uh, I'm not going to go over every game um, and every line that they uh, posted. I might go over the games real quick and just uh, fire those off in a minute. But uh, the lines are going to change really quick once they start getting bet. The people betting these lines, are, uh, they understand, are going to be people who have a pretty good opinion for the most part. They're going to move the lines uh, aggressively and swiftly. And certainly if they get multiple bets on one side, they'll probably, uh, you know, figure that they might be off on that game and make pretty significant adjustments. So it probably really didn't do a whole lot of good to say what the uh, lines were at the time that I was there earlier today, about seven or eight hours ago. You know, I will to tell you uh, before I give my third pick, um, in the spirit of full disclosure, you know, again, I was in Bossier City uh, at uh, a FanDuel location there at Samstown. Uh, I was betting at a kiosk, and the first two games that I bet, I know people always talk about bets getting rejected and things like that, and that certainly can be a problem throughout the industry, especially at certain books. But the first two uh, bets that I made, uh, without saying which ones they were, uh, they took a couple of dimes each on the first couple of plays, uh, but they rejected my third bet and offered me uh, a little over a dime, uh, which I accepted. And then I had a little over uh, a nickel that I'd already, hundreds I'd already placed in the machine, if you're accustomed or familiar with betting on a kiosk. So rather than get a ticket printed out for my balance and have to get in line at the casino cage to get my cash for that ticket, uh, I just bet that amount on a September home underdog. So we'll bet a little over a nickel, I think, on that home underdog. That will be the fourth game that I'll mention here in a little bit. Now I'm going to go to my third bet that I made today, and that was in the Texas-Oklahoma game, the Red River game there at the Cotton Bowl with the State Fair of Texas in the backdrop. I traditionally played the second Saturday in October each year. 
And although, you know, I, I took Alabama in week two uh, over Texas in this Texas-Oklahoma game when I bet it Texas was favored by four and a half, I believe the Longhorns, even though I did take Alabama, I believe the Longhorns have reason for optimism uh, entering the 2022 season. You know, first of all, sure, again, they have to replace B. John Robinson, uh, All-America running back, I think, inarguably, in my opinion, the, the best running back in all of college football last year. Uh, but some believe, if you follow recruiting closely, you know that Texas is counting on Florida native Cedric Baxter, who will be a true freshman, who I believe is uh, in for the spring and early enrollee. Many are uh, believing he's certainly not going to be B. John Robinson from day one, but there's expectation that he may be the starter uh, pretty much from the get-go and that he'll fill the void uh, quite nicely. Texas is going to be, uh, again, they're going to be better on the offensive line. Uh, they could have one of the nation's top receiving core. You know, they're very deep there. Uh, the defense was improved last year. I think it'll be even better in 2023. Uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, or perhaps Arch Manning at some point in the season, um, you know, I think they'll get more consistent quarterback play than they did last year. Ewers was really uh, inconsistent, really had a rough go of it the last half of the season, showed flashes of who he can be in the first quarter against Alabama before becoming injured. Uh, but he was very inconsistent. Texas is going to be better at quarterback. I look at this game. Texas's roster is simply better than Oklahoma's, and I believe it's more than four and a half points better. I believe it's at least six points better than Oklahoma uh, the second Saturday in October. So to Texas minus four and a half over the Oklahoma Sooners. So some of the games that you'll see listed there, and again, y'all can get mad at me, but these lines will move very quickly, and it's all about the number. But the games they had listed, and I'm assuming these are the games they have listed in all the states that they operate, but uh, Navy, Notre Dame, Colorado at TCU, LSU, Florida State, Nebraska, Colorado, uh, the aforementioned Texas, Alabama, Iowa, Iowa State, Texas A&M, Miami, Florida, Tennessee at Florida, Washington at Michigan State, Pitt, West Virginia, Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State at Notre Dame, Georgia and Florida, the aforementioned LSU at Alabama, Michigan at Penn State, Kansas State at Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma, USC at Notre Dame, Penn State at Ohio State, Michigan at Michigan State, Georgia, two-time defending champion Georgia at Tennessee, and Ohio State, Michigan. So those are the games. I think there's 22 there that they had lines on, and I, I'm, again, assuming those are the same lines or games that they'll have lines on at all of their uh, locations throughout the country. The fourth game, again, like I, I indicated a little bit ago, I had um, a little over a nickel left uh, on the machine, so rather than print that ticket out, you'll get some cash. I said, well, this is a game I kind of like. One of my main goals and one of anybody's main goals when you bet college football games of the year this early is to hopefully have leverage and to have value come game week. You know, sometimes you can have a whole lot of value on a ticket to the point where you might want to arbitrage, you might want to, you know, try to hit the middle. 
I don't usually do that for more than I'll do it like up to half of my original position. If I have that much line value, I don't want to give up the, all that value uh, and turn one winner into a winner and a loser, if you will. But um, you catch my drift on that. But the game that I looked at, this game going to be in week two. The Colorado Buffaloes are going to be one of the most closely watched college football teams uh, in 2023, if for no other reason, because of their uh, charismatic coach and Hall of Famer Deion Sanders. Uh, Colorado there in week two hosting Nebraska, who also has a new coach in Matt Rule. But Nebraska favored by seven and a half points over Colorado. You know, I believe, first of all, many are going to be far too optimistic regarding Deion Sanders and his cast of transfers in year one in Boulder. I don't have any doubt about that. A lot of people will, will overblow the, the Buffaloes. A lot of betters won't, however. But again, Nebraska, they also have a, a first-year head coach in, in Matt Rule. They've got a lot of questions. The Buffaloes are going to have some good players. You know, they might not be good at all 22. Uh, you know, good at all 22 positions, but they're going to have a good quarterback, you know, Sanders' son, uh, their defensive back, sometimes wide receiver Travis Hunter was considered the number one recruit in the nation in the class of, of 2022 by many uh, rating systems. And uh, Sanders and uh, Travis Hunter both come with Deion Sanders from Jackson State. But uh, I took Colorado, again, for just a little bit over a nickel, plus seven and a half over Nebraska. I think the line's going to be lower than that come week two. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, those are the four tickets that I took. You know, again, I didn't do the kind of preparation that I'm going to do uh, within the next few weeks as I get more heavily involved and start taking a deeper dive into uh, each of the teams that I feel like will be highlighted in the games of the year. I spend most of my uh, March and April preparation on, again, those 35, 40, maybe a few more teams that I feel like are going to be highlighted in these games of the year. Uh, no need to spend time on, on some of the other teams, although you do need to look at those teams because somebody will come out with some week one lines and maybe a comprehensive complete list of week one lines very early. So you got to be ready for that as well. But that's kind of the order that I typically go in. I'm going to go now to a tour matchup, a full tournament matchup in this week's Honda Classic, which begins tomorrow, Thursday, February 23rd in Palms, uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, rather. And this is a full tournament matchup between Pearson Cootie and uh, Ben Martin. And uh, Pearson Cootie, first of all, uh, a member of the University of Texas's national championship team this past season, 2022. Uh, he's a, a two-time winner already on the Corn Ferry Tour. He got a sponsor's exemption uh, this week to be included in the Honda Classic. And as a bonus, uh, his twin brother, Parker, who was also a member uh, of last summer's national championship team there in Austin, he is also in the field. Parker had to go through the grueling uh, Monday qualifying process and actually didn't get a spot uh, in the tournament until Tuesday morning when he emerged out of a uh, multi-player playoff to get one of the Monday qualifying spots. So Pearson Cootie, a two-time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour, will be joined in the tournament by his twin brother, 
uh, Parker uh, Cooties. So that's that's really interesting there. If you don't know their backstory, you maybe don't even know this name, but their grandfather, Charles Cootie, was the 1971 Masters champion, uh, Charles Cootie from Abilene, Texas, out in West Texas. But in this matchup, Pearson Cootie uh, paired against Ben Martin, uh, who is certainly no slouch. Ben Martin's another name to keep an eye on. Ben Martin's been playing some really good golf. But uh, I like Pearson Cootie. Uh, again, guys who have had corn fairy success uh, have been faring pretty well lately. And I think Pearson Cootie, I think he's going to win on the big tour at some point. Uh, and it could be fairly soon. You know, he's not going to get, uh, unless he like wins a tournament or does something like that, that's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, he's not going to get a whole lot of shots on the PGA Tour probably this season. Uh, but could very well, especially with the, the high corn fairy finish, you know, so many spots advance and so forth. Uh, and I think he'll be on the tour this time next year as a full-time member. But in any event, the full tournament matchup, I took Pearson Cootie as an underdog at plus 111 over Ben Martin in a full tournament matchup. And in the spirit of full disclosure, uh, you know, I took smaller uh, tickets on Cootie to actually win the tournament. I got one ticket, I think, at like 215 to 1 on Cootie, and also have him uh, to finish in the top 5, top 10, and top 20. Um, not huge positions. You know, You know, I've got a regular size bet on the uh, the full tournament matchup, Cootie over Martin, but the other plays, uh, not as large, but uh, just sprinkling some uh, across the board, basically, on Cootie. I think he's going to be a he's going to be a player. I think he's going to you know make some noise out on the tour, and he uh, probably needs to uh, get some experience first. He's played in two tournaments, uh, played in two last year, played in the Byron Nelson, failed to make the cut. Uh, then he qualified for the U.S. Open, failed to make the cut. So he's 0 for two on the PGA Tour as far as uh, cuts, but uh, I think he's going to play well this week. So let's see what Pearson Cootie does. And before I sign off, I'm going to give a quick plug for Paul Stone Sports, uh, my uh, service. I don't have uh, my notes in front of me right now, but I'm going to look on the phone here real quick and try to find some information. But uh, if you're interested in either my college basketball package from now until the end of the season, my PGA Tour matchups from now until the end of August, or my combination package, uh, please visit paulstonesports.org. Uh, my college basketball currently uh, priced at $199 uh, from today all the way through the uh, national championship game. And my uh, college, or my rather my PGA Tour golf, currently $249 for the rest of the season through the end of August or my combination package for 369 and uh, my record entering uh, through games played Sunday, February 19th was 124 and 99 in college basketball. That's 56% against the spread. Again, if interested, uh, please visit paulstonesports.org. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Paul Stone sports podcast. Hope some of you guys and gals are able to get to, uh, a FanDuel location close to you and look over the games and perhaps bet some of the games of the year uh, here in the month of February. Until next time, signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone.
Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.